It's one down, two to go. OPEC has reached an agreement of sorts to slowly increase oil supplies from next month. Brexit might be getting closer as well. There's another all-night session going on in London tonight. And maybe they're getting closer as well to a stimulus deal in the United States. It might just end up being half a trillion dollars, that's all. And weak ISM numbers and rising infection numbers, but still also rising equities in the United States, hitting new highs again today. And what will non-farm payrolls tell us tonight? It's Friday, the 4th of December, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. equities are back on the rise, hitting new highs on all indices. The Dow up 0.4% now. The S&P is flat, but it was up 0.2% or so earlier. And that was enough to hit a new high and 0.4% for the NASDAQ. The, all of those weakened a little bit in the last hour or so. The FTSE 100 also up 0.4%. The DAX is down about the same amount. German 10-year bonds down four basis points today. In fact, bond yields down just about everywhere, uh, just down two point, uh, basis points for 10-year treasuries in the United States. The Exception is Australia. 10-year bond yields up three basis points, tipping back over 1% again. And the US dollar is falling even further today, down 0.4% on the DXY. Not far above 90 now, the lowest since April 2018. The pound was up almost 1% earlier, but it's now just 0.7% up. Uh, It's lost a little ground because there's conflicting Brexit news. Uh, The Aussie also 0.4% up and a quarter percent rise in the euro. And oil... Uh, Big rises, up 0.9% for WTI, 1.1% for Brent. And gold, even though it feels a bit risk-on today, gold is up again. In fact, COMEX is up over 3% so far this month, over half a percent today. Uh, Tapas Strickland is here, Director Economics for Markets at NAB. So uh, Tapas, the stock market, once again up. It seems it's driven by hopes of a, a fiscal deal in Washington. But it's not just that, is it? If I look at uh, some of the stocks that are doing well today, like American Airlines, up over 10%. Carnival Cruises, almost 9%. Boeing, up 5%. So obviously, a big chunk of this is the vaccine makes life normal again story that's uh, accounting for this rise that we're seeing. Definitely. And markets have been uh, very forward-looking. And good morning, Phil. Uh, Very much forward-looking to that time when you do have a vaccine being rolled out. And the approval that was given in the UK is given markets a little bit of um, appetite to build that um, expectation a little bit further and it's widely expected the US will uh, pass emergency use uh, use authorization for at least one vaccine by mid December. So that so that is looking very very positive. Uh, on the other other side though, uh, you still got a rising COVID-19 cases in in the US and uh, rising hospitalizations which is seeing more cities implement restrictions. And so markets are really trading this uh, fine point between uh, a weak near-term outlook and a very, very positive uh, medium-term outlook. And just worth noting, Los Angeles late yesterday uh, did order stay-at-home orders, so just another U.S. city ordering people to, to stay at home, and that's all coming ahead of Christmas as well. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that is the warning, isn't it? Because, I mean, Thanksgiving clearly has pushed the numbers up because they had an infection rate over 200,000 yesterday in the United States, 100,000 people hospitalised, and 2,800 people died in one day. Uh, and all of this driven, obviously, by the people getting together over Thanksgiving. So that's going to be a warning for everyone with Christmas coming up. So we can expect those numbers are going to rise just about everywhere. Definitely. And uh, you, you're talking about the US uh, stimulus package that's still being negotiated. And there's a little bit of hope that that will mm. get some kind of agreement um, before the end of the year and uh, Mitch McConnell who's the Senate Majority Leader said he saw hopeful signs and compromise is within reach and it's reported that uh, the Democratic Speaker 
Nancy Pelosi is meeting Mitch McConnell later today. So we might see a little bit more in terms of exactly whether the two parties can come to some sort of agreement. Well, but his, his compromise is half, a, uh, is half a trillion, isn't it? He wants it to be 500 billion rather than 900 billion. I mean, half a trillion dollars still seems like quite a bit of money, doesn't uh, it? Definitely does. Um, and so we'll just have to see exactly where that comes out. But again, those Georgia Senate runoffs are still a sticking point towards a more ambitious fiscal stimulus deal. Uh, and uh, just worth noting, the chances of a Democratic win have now lifted to 31% according to the betting odds. I think when we were speaking on Wednesday, they're hovering around uh, 27%. So uh, betting markets are lifting their mm-hmm. chances of the Democrats uh, possibly getting um, a Senate majority, or at least an effective Senate majority. And I think that's a key watch point for markets. Uh, just It's still 31%, so Republicans are still definitely in the box seat to win those two Senate runoffs, but something worth watching out for. Now, as as well as those rising infection numbers in the US, I mean, I guess that, you know, the, the two are interlinked. We're, we're getting weak economic data as well now. The non-manufacturing PMI from the US this morning, 55.9, a little weaker than anticipated, quite a bit lower than 56.6 for October. And, you know, when you're on a recovery, like we supposedly are, you'd be expecting that number to be sort of at least staying the same or around the same, wouldn't you? So the fact that the rate of increases slowed is perhaps not a good sign for an economy that's supposedly in the throes of a recovery. Yes, and you'd have to say that if uh, more cities in the US re-implement those uh, restrictions, you'd expect to see that services index fall yeah. next month as well. Uh, what did catch some of uh, the eyes of a few analysts out there was the prices sub-index, and that hit its highest level since 2012. Uh, there's a lot of talk at the moment whether, because a vaccine is so close on, on the horizon, whether um, this COVID-19 shock will turn from its disinflationary impact towards an inflationary impact. And just worth noting in the business surveys, uh, the prices paid series have started to tick higher. So that is adding to views that maybe coming out of this, it could be inflationary. And as a consequence, you've seen uh, buying of inflation protection continue uh, throughout this week. But uh, my own two cents and NAB's view is that we're unlikely to see a sustained pickup in inflation because you're not really going to see it on the wages side. No, not for a while. So what about this? Uh, I mentioned this uh, this drive to gold right now. I mean, it's not a big one, but it's, it's you know, so far this month, gold's been going up. Uh, so I guess it's a bit of a, you know, a safe bet in things in case things don't turn out as planned. And of course, the bond markets as well. Not as enthusiastic as, as the equity markets, but that that has been the, the case right the way through this pandemic, of course. Uh, definitely has been the case. And I guess for the bond market, it's two uh, factors, really. So one is uh, the US Fed um, didn't make any comments overnight, but uh, for the December meeting, it's widely expected that they will conduct some kind of operation twist where they would pivot their purchases more towards the longer end. And that's likely to cap the extent to which yields yeah. can rise. Uh, so even if you do get a buoyant equity market, um, it's still unlikely you'd get an aggressive rise in yields at this stage, just given what the Fed is trying to do there. Uh, and then the second one is, uh, although yields did fall overnight by around one to two basis points, they have risen over the past uh, couple of weeks. And uh, there is some notion that uh, financial markets are now starting to price in exactly what uh, the central banks might start doing in, say, four to five years' time. And in that environment, yields might grind higher. Now, the pound is doing well again, uh, although it has lost a little ground, as I said earlier, uh, because there's, uh, well, there's no Brexit deal. Negotiators are apparently working into the night again tonight, their time. Uh, but I wonder, you know, France is saying that they'll veto a deal if they don't get access to the fishing grounds. Boris Johnson, of course, promised the voters he'd take back control 
of their fishing waters. Sky News is reporting that a possible deal could actually be what I said yesterday on the podcast, that UK fishermen get uh, to, uh, to go to EU waters so they can get the cod, and EU uh, fishermen can go and get their mackerel from British waters, so everyone gets the fish that they want. But of course, Britain wants more of it because they've got more territorial waters. But either way, Michel Barnier is supposedly going to update the EU 27 on Friday afternoon. But who knows where it's going, because we're now getting reports from the BBC saying even though a breakthrough is still possible, the prospect is receding uh, because uh, the EU is throwing new stuff onto the table and talks haven't gone well at all today. So who knows where we are? But generally, uh, I mean, the hope is still there's going to be a deal. Uh, Yes, so it does look like financial markets are still uh, pricing in uh, that a deal is within reach and uh, cable's currently around 134.75 so not far off that 135 mm. level that we've been saying it would reach upon a deal and uh, as, as, as you're noting there have been a few headlines coming out from a few well-known media sources saying that an agreement could be finalised uh, by, by Friday and so markets are really trading off that view uh, in terms of our UK fishing rights we just have to exactly see where, where that lands but it does seem like a bit of compromise in the yeah, air maybe now uh at least one deal has been reached this week. OPEC Plus, they've agreed on uh, gradually phasing out production cuts so we don't get this big shock. So they're going to raise output by half a million barrels a day from January, according to the uh, the Wall Street Journal this morning. So we've seen a bit of a rise in, in oil on the back of that news. Yes, that's right. And importantly, they're going to monitor how that goes in, ev- in every month uh, in terms of uh, the degree to which they ramp up production so trying to basically match up that ramp up in production with the recovery that's likely to be seen in the global economy as you do get that vaccine rollout happening next year and what do you make of this piece that's in the uh, afr this morning uh, the, the morrison government is going to upgrade forecasts for its mid-year updates uh, because things are doing so well well you know they're, they're doing better than we would hope for anyway yes well it's a very good position to be in and uh, i remember Treasurer Frydenberg mm-hmm. came out, uh, I think, a week ago saying that the number of people on uh, JobKeeper was about 700,000 less than what the October budget had penciled in. And so it does look like the economy is panning out uh, better than expected and better than expected than what the government had penciled in and better than what the RBA had penciled in. So no surprise there that the government will likely upgrade their key economic forecasts uh, in the upcoming MIFO. Now, uh, not a lot tonight, apart from non-farm payrolls. Uh, we had, of course, those ADP numbers yesterday, which we've already spoken about, which were below expectations. Uh, but those weekly numbers that were out overnight, supposedly discredited by one report. But anyway, if we look at them, they say that uh, the uh, the number of new claims is down from 712,000 uh, new claims from 787. So the number of people actually claiming has been reduced. So that would be a good sign. So anyone's guess as to what happens tonight? Yes, I think there is a fair degree of uncertainty exactly where today's data, oh sorry, where um, tonight's data will print for payrolls. Uh, for jobless claims, as you noted, a lot more uncertainty about the quality of that data. And in, in Initial claims, I think, are now the lowest uh, since the pandemic began. Uh, so that is quite encouraging from that point of view. Uh, as for the consensus for payrolls, mm. um, the consensus looks for 478,000 and for the unemployment rate to fall a tenth to 6.8%. Um, and I think it's just worth noting that just given high vaccine hopes, I think markets are likely to be less sensitive to any downward surprise there. Markets are still very much uh, looking to that yep. medium-term view where you do have a vaccine being rolled out. Right. Well, we are back on Monday morning. Monday morning, Brexit deal done. 
the uh, fiscal stimulus package agreed in the United States. And uh, who knows? Let's let's go for the trifecta. Uh, the US has also approved the vaccine. How about that? That's pretty good. What kind of betting odds would, would you give me for that? <laughs> pretty slim. I think. Well, look, you know, if, if it's not Monday morning, I mean, it could be a good week next week. Let's 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 hopeful. Let's hope so. Anyway, look, I was I was getting told I was too maudlin the other day, so I'm trying to be positive. Uh, good to talk, Tapas. Have a great weekend. Cheers. You too. Thanks, Phil. Actually, the more I look at the Brexit stories that are filtering in now, the more I think we can assume that that one is off the table for now uh, until next week, perhaps. That's it for today, though. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back after the weekend. Have a good one. See you then. <laughs> 